Okay, good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday for those that are joining us live. Happy whatever day it is. Thanks so much for joining us on the booze. Today's a special day. Today we are dedicating the episode in memory of a great man named Greg Fox, Chizkiel Moshe Yaakov Ben Shlomo and Mariosa. Um, the trips that we run to Israel with you know hundreds of of guys, you know thousands over the past few years, have are dedicated um, to Greg. Greg was an incredible individual. Um, I've had the honor of knowing his sister Pamela. And the stories that she tells me about him and told me about who he was, his humility, his his grace, his ability to touch people's lives from really every level of society, it was it's just an honor to be connected. A lot of what we're talking about here about being humble and and, and seeing past identity and a lot of what we're doing here really Greg embodied. And um, it's been an honor, really. I've had the, the good fortune of going to um, to St. Louis these past few years and being able to speak live for his family. And um, we're really just honored to be connected to him. So it's Shem Shavon Aliyah, and we look forward to uh, you know only seeing good things for the, the entire Fox claim and family. Um, we talked yesterday about this idea of identity. It's so important. Think of identity like a garment that you put on. It's okay. You, you're, you're allowed to have an identity. You're allowed to put on a garment. You're allowed to be the professional. You're allowed to be the father. You're allowed to be the parent. You're allowed to be the person you want to be. Just know that it's an identity. Like, just don't get confused. Don't think that's who you are. Don't think that your life is this thing. It's so critical. We're going to talk a little about football. We're going to do, do a little football now. That's okay. Those who don't know football, you, you, you'll get you'll get the examples. Years ago, I had the opportunity to be to be at, in Toronto. There's a great synagogue in Toronto called the Village Shul, and I was there for the weekend. And they had a dinner at night, and I sat next to a guy who was a an assistant coach for a very famous college football program. Now, I happened to be a big football fan. And I was, like, loving the conversation. Like, loving it. I was picking his brain on plays. And uh, forget it. Forget it. You know, coaches to me, like I said, for those who don't know this already, I believe that, you know, football is moving chess. And coaches are strategisticians. Right? Did I get that right? Strategists. Strategists. Statisticians and strategists. Strategists. And when you see a game, for those who know the sport, you know, it's not about the ball. It's like the easy part. It's about the formations and how everything lines up. And it's a lot of thinking and brilliance. That's what I think. So we're sitting and talking to, the, to, to this guy. And he was explaining to me the life of a college football player. And he was explaining to me that there's a, most people that play in college football, there are colleges all over throughout, throughout America, and there are hundreds, I mean, thousands of football players every year. How many make it to the NFL? How many make it on a team? Right. So there are lots of young kids. They're kids. They're in college. They're in their first, second, third year, fourth year of college. How many kids begin their life? And if we, if you, if you, if you were listening last week, yesterday, and last week, you're, you're, you'll get this now, and you'll see it now. Right. Think about being a good college player. 
right? If you go to Alabama or you go to Georgia or you go to Michigan or you go to Notre Dame or you go to any of the, the best college, you go to Penn State, right? Think about your life before you're in your early 20s, right? You were probably the best or one of the best athletes in your peewee league. So you had lots of time when you came home and mom and dad pat you on the back and said, great game, son. A lot of times you're at a peewee league football game in some field somewhere and you have the ball and you're running and lots of adults are yelling and cheering for you. I don't know if you have this experience, but I've seen this more than once. Adults go absolutely insane over kids sports, which is like a crazy thing, but I'm, I'm, I'm victim of it. Something about the kids' sports that drive us nuts becomes like a mini game that you watch and your kids involved, so you're super interested. That kid gets all this positive reinforcement of being an athlete and then goes to the next level and gets into high school and all the games and all the positive reinforcement in the hallways and all of what that brings. And then he gets into college and all of that you know, imagine high school just on steroids and playing in front of some stadiums have 50, 70,000 people. You know what happens if you catch a pass in front of 7,000 people, a televised game in class and in the quad and walking, you know, do you know what kind of positive reinforcement is being flown at athletes? It's in lots of areas. Right, it, it happens all over the place. I'm just I'm just focusing on one niche because I had this conversation with a coach, and then you graduate, and you don't make it to the NFL. You wake up the next morning, you get a regular job. You're a regular dude, and something happens because you you have so much of your identity as being an athlete. It's so much of your life was connected, was built, was neurologically conditioned around your athletic ability. Now you, you have a whole life in front of you. You have a whole life before you. And no one really cares as much to your athletic ability. Yeah, there are games and people know you and there's a lot. You don't drop off the map. You come back to your towns or whatever. But what was driving you, what was your identity, if you will, is now gone. And this coach was explaining to me the pain that he deals with from these students that reach out to him and that that feel meaningless, that they don't know how to cope. They don't know how to cope with life in which the the suit, the the, the dress up of being an athlete is now no longer as relevant even if people still know their name and even if they're starting autographs and even if they go back and people pat them on the back it's never gonna ever compete with the feeling of catching the pass or living the life and the challenge that is highlighted in this area is the challenge of identity if you let the football life be your identity if who you are is a football player when that football goes away because you graduate it's not a question of you're bored because you don't know what to do 
you don't lose what you do. You start to lose who you are. And that's a big difference. Right? We live in a world where what you do becomes who you are. Right? What do you ask somebody when they say, you know, what's your name? What's the next question you ask them after what's your name? What's your, what's your name? Oh, what do you do? What does that do with anything? Because in our material world, what you do is who you are. Oh, that's what you do? Mm, this is a prep. Oh, that's what you do? Interesting. What you do in a material world is who you are. And if what you do changes because we've tethered to who you are, then who you are starts to change. And when people suffer, if you will, many times, or when they can't grow, or when they can't adapt, or when they can't change, or when they can't find happiness in a daily life, a lot of that's not tied to their circumstances in life. It's not tied to that they don't have enough. The pain that people go through, especially young people, not necessarily tied into that they don't have enough food to eat. It's that what they do and who they are are tethered. And if something changes what they do, they get a bad grade or they stop playing sports, or they don't get into the college, or they don't get that job. And then it gets older, it doesn't get easier. People that are grappling with retirement and the impact that it has on them, because now they're no longer the... They don't see, no one sees this, that what they did even for 50 years is just just a suit in the closet. It's not who they are. It's just a suit they take out every day. They put it on. It's called football. It's called law. It's called medicine. It's called construction. Whatever it is. Moms feel this way too sometimes for the moms that are watching. Because as those kids get older and they need you less, at least they need you physically less, it gets hard for moms. Maybe that's why moms and daughters-in-law isn't necessarily the most natural relationship, especially in the beginning because you took care of him until now. And you know how to take care of him a lot better than she does. And he seems to be only looking at her when you're the one who raised him and you gave birth to him and you take care of him. Am I close? Mom, that's who I am. And if he grows up or she grows up or dad, that's who I am. I protect my girls. I'm my girls cheerleaders and if they grow up and they have other people the challenges that parents face and with God's help everyone should face this challenge everyone should be able to see the best in all their children the challenges that they, they face is what I do for every day of my life since that kid was born and who I am is tethered I gotta reimagine my life and it could be micro that you don't even realize it. So much of our growth, so much of our life, so much of our happiness is that we don't yet fully see that what I do is just a garment that I hang up in a closet. Who I am is a source that this world can never contain. 
that always can adapt, that is completely and utterly flexible. Now we'll talk about it. It's so critical. It's the fox, the larger fox family. We're honored to be connected to Greg. We really are. And the more we, we learn about him, the more we feel that honor. And thank you so much for your partnership and look forward to to many, many, many more years to come. All right, everybody, have a great day. And with God's help, we can wait to see you again tomorrow. Living on a lifeline, the world doesn't ever seem to change. Looking for the sunshine, but you're caught up in the rain. It's like your eyes are wide open, but you cannot see. You're watching life pass you by like one, two, three. Walking in destruction, the winds of life blur your vision. All the devastation forever feels like you're on the run. It's time. No one else can set you free, you're locked inside, and only you have got the key.